are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another Lockdown Blazers podcast. It is a Thursday. It's the day after Yusuf Nurkic gets a triple-double. And I'm joined by Jason Quick of The Athletic uh, for our weekly chat over coffee. Yes. So this is, uh, we're back at it. And the Blazers won last night. And, I mean, I, I expected them to win. I think everybody did. But Nurkic... First Blazer since Batum to have a triple-double? Yeah, first time in five years. Uh, did it with a late flurry of assists. Um, you know, look, I, I think it's a really neat accomplishment for Yusuf. I think it speaks to his evolution as a player, uh, particularly his passing. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. It was against Cleveland, the worst team in the league. Uh, and I, I think if there's anything to draw from it, it's like, the Blazers continue to take care of business against the crappy teams, yeah. uh, and they've done it particularly this month. The more concerning thing for me, I think, is they continue to struggle against the good teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that Blazer fans should probably be focusing on more right now is, okay, I think it's a given the Blazers are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. I think they're good enough. They've shown they're stable enough that they're, this is going to be a playoff team. But are they good enough to get out of the first round? And I still think with the loss to Denver, the loss to Sacramento, uh, this team still hasn't convinced a lot of people that it's ready to take that next step in their evolution and and be uh, a second-round playoff team. Yeah, and I, and I think that part of that, I mean, you watched the, the last two games or those two that two-game road trip really, you know, on the schedule, especially that second one, I felt like that was kind of a schedule loss when yeah. you're just like a back-to-back after Denver. But if you're a team that is going to be a team that wins in the playoffs, those are the kind of games you've yes. got to come out and win. Elite, if, elite teams win those. Yes, yeah. And, and so that's kind of where Portland has been for the last three years, yeah. which has been... They are good. They, it's. A, I had a conversation the other day with a friend who's a big UFC fan, mm-hmm. and there's a term I forget the term for this type of fighter, but it's kind of the fighter that the Blazers are, where they will never lose to someone that they're supposed to beat, but they will never ever, yeah. you know, compete for the belt, so to speak. Right. And that's kind of the position that the Blazers are in. It's just. It, and I get why fans get upset and really want to see a, a, a trade. And so they're going to get a – they will say the next couple of games an opportunity against some better teams, even though New Orleans' record isn't good. I think that playoff loss stands out, and it might – if Anthony Davis is healthy, maybe – but again, that's a home That's a home game, you know? Yeah. They, and and Portland, Portland's been great at home, but they haven't really beat – other than the Golden State win, they don't really have any – signature road wins this year yeah look I, I think it's really admirable to be a Blazer fan right now because these guys have stuck through some really it just feels like this team is treading through mud and yet people still are behind them and want to you know root for them 
<laughs> yeah. And I think it's got to be maddening because uh, I just don't know that they've shown that they've improved that much where you can have confidence in them getting out of the first round. But uh, that's the way I think it's going to be for the rest of the season. I think we're just, there's going to be ups and downs. and I, I don't think there's ever going to be horrible losses, but I think there's going to be just this kind of treading water against the good teams. Win one here, lose one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you're an elite team, there's a little bit of separation where you can point to it and say, that's a good team, that's an elite team. And I don't think the Blazers have shown that yet. No, and, and, and you look at the standings, I mean, they're right there with like the Clippers and the Rockets and, and those teams, whereas Oklahoma City, Golden State, Denver – are kind of, have been in a different tier this year. Although Oklahoma City has really taken some bad losses lately. Lost yeah, it. Lost yeah. to Atlanta. Uh, I think they, the Wizards beat them. Okay. They've yeah. had some bad losses lately. But. Yeah, and they are. I mean, they are playing the Lakers tonight. They're playing that crap. But who you knows? Those are the type of games when we talk about uh, the Blazers. You know, when, when the Blazers were a lot younger, like when Dame's rookie year, you know, they would always get up for the Miamis of the world and the yeah. really great teams. But it's yeah. the teams that sneak up on you that inexperienced teams like the Lakers slip up on. And I think they could play up to the Thunder tonight, and maybe that brings the Thunder back down to another tier. But So I, I think the question, though, that most people are asking is, yeah. what will put them over the top and make them an elite team? Mm-hmm. And I think right now it's clear for everyone to see i think they probably need an upgrade at wing yeah you know particularly with maurice harkless struggling a little bit uh the good news is jake layman has proven to be a serviceable villain yeah no Uh, he's gotten better he's really improved and that's that's kind of the model so to speak that neil olshay always references is our model is the internal growth stuff or whatever and with layman it seems to be kind of panning out but again the problem with that model is that layman even if he plays really well, is going to be a free agent. And if, isn't he this year? I think it was a one-year deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And that kind of becomes the problem with the Blazers' model from time to time. Well, I don't want to talk about the future. I think this yeah. team needs to get better right now. Yeah. And I, I think the clock is ticking on Neil Olshay and, and Terry Stotts. I think they have to get out of the first round or else there's going to be widespread changes. The thing with Lehman and why I think they need more depth there is – Playoffs are kind of really boiled down to exploiting mismatches, mm-hmm. exploiting weaknesses. Yeah. And I think any good coach is going to attack Jake Lehman on the defensive end. Yeah. And uh, I think that will be a problem for Portland. So I think they need a 3 and D type guy mm-hmm. uh, on the wing. Everyone asks me, well, like who? Who are you talking about? That's hard to say because it's hard to say – which guys what, are actually available to right? Yeah, and how what other the, teams value yeah, and their what own the, players. What the price is, what it's right. going to cost. Is it a first-round pick? Is it a great player? Is it CJ and a first-round pick? Like right. the, trade, the trade that was proposed today by the winger was CJ in exchange for Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross, and I think Myers was in there too, yeah. and a first-round pick. I mean, those are that's great in theory, but like that is completely divorced from – how Orlando values CJ, how they value their own players. Right. And so that's kind of where it gets a little hairy trying to right. talk about those things. I, right. I mean, I had some targets in my head the other day that I mentioned. 
Uh, I like Torian Prince from Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, and I also like TJ Warren from Phoenix. Yeah. Who is more of a scorer, kind of build as a defensive liability, but yeah. he does play for Phoenix, which like yeah. seems like that you know it's kind of a shit show. What do you think about Tony Snell? Uh, you know, I like him as he's he's more of like a traditional, I think, three and D mm-hmm. thing. The thing that I'm intrigued by with Warren is that he's kind of he's improved his three point shot this year, but he's also a kind of a create his own shot guy, yeah. which. You know, in the playoffs, it seems like when guys take the ball out of CJ's hands, that's something, that's a place where the Blazers have struggled. Right. But, uh, I mean, I like Snell. He Snell is just, like, the very, he's kind of like what I think, you know, what, what Blazer fans wish Harkless was. Yeah. You know, that he's just very consistent, and at least what he has been with Milwaukee. Yeah. I think another thing, too, is fans need to realize... If you're going to make a trade, you need to give up something. Yeah. And, you know, I think probably if you're going to ask me the two likely guys to get traded, I would say probably either Al Farouk or C.J. McCollum. Just because C.J. because you can get the best value, value in Yeah, because he's the best player that they're going to put on the block. And Aminu is attractive because he's on expiring contract, and he's a very good player. Yeah, he can help, he can help another team, but if it's... If it's the weakness is... The Blazers really, really need Alfred Camino, what yeah. he does. Yeah. I, I don't know if people totally appreciate just how valuable he is to this Portland Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I am one of the people who sings Aminu's praises. I think he's fantastic, and I think it would be really tough to trade him. I think we should talk about his, you know, his importance and maybe guys to trade yeah. after we come back from a quick break. So we'll be right back. It was a great Donald Trump. You know, oh, yeah, my, water. My, oh yeah, so Jason's over here making fun of my <laughs> coffee drinking routine. But uh, uh, we're back here talking about – that would be – I think they would be totally screwed right. if they traded Aminu. Like like not – I mean maybe not totally screwed. It but depends would, what they got. It depends, it depends what they get back. But I feel like that would be – because I mean I know Nurkic really did well holding down the defense last year when Aminu got hurt. Mm-hmm. But that would just be so devastating to not have him defensively. Yeah. Uh, it would probably mean if they didn't get a four back in return, it would probably mean Zach Collins steps in the starting lineup. And if there's one thing that he's good at, it's, it's defense. Yeah, that's I, I true. Think. So I don't know how much they would lose there. But, boy, I don't know if Zach's ready to step into a, a bigger role like that on a playoff team with so much expectations. I don't – I mean – there is going to be so much tension on this team when it enters the playoffs because, as I, we talked about earlier, about I the think Terry, status, Terry yeah. and Neil have to get out of the first round, I believe. Yeah, no, and, I agree. And just, you know, the, the string of 10 straight losses, there's going to be so much tension and pressure on this team entering the playoffs, and that's a lot to ask Zach Randolph, or Zach Randolph, Zach Collins, uh, <laughs> to shoulder, go, you know, yeah. for this team. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's that's a lot, and, yeah. and, and the one thing about Aminu is that he's consistent. His effort on the defensive end is, is really there, and Portland hasn't been. I mean, they've been, and I think they, I looked before the Cleveland game; they were fifteenth in defense. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's not bad. It's not yeah. great, but they were sixth last year. Yeah. So there, I mean, that's that's a drop, but uh, I still, it would be weird for them to trade Aminu to me unless they got a four back. Like, you know, in theory, an Aaron Gordon type, because Aaron Gordon would essentially play the four, 
if if a, a trade like that were to come to fruition. Yeah. But one of the problems I have with Aminu putting in a trade because a lot of the teams that we're talking about in terms of a seller, would they really want someone like Al Farouk Aminu if they're like a tanking team and right. they're going to be a team trying to develop their younger guys and really don't have a lot of interest in making the playoffs. I feel like a right. pl- maybe you get a three-team trade or something in there. You get a, a team that actually wants a player right. like Aminu. Well, part of the value of Aminu is his expiring contract. True. To save money. But, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, today I talked to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum about the trade deadline. And uh, I hope you guys read next week in the Athletic. It'll be right. And also sub- subscribe to the Athletic. Yeah. It's worth it's <laughs> worth the money, and you should do it as a sports fan. Obviously, reading Jason's stuff, but they got everybody. So it's a, it's it, subscribe to the Athletic. It's worth it. Anyway. Hey, thanks for the pitch, Eric. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I believe they've sponsored a couple of our episodes. So. Right on. <laughs> well, one of the things uh, I don't want to totally reveal the the crux of my story but Dane kind of touched on the balancing act of competing against these teams that are stacked the Golden States Oklahoma Cities and or do you weigh the the strength of the Blazers which is their continuity and knowing each other and the coaching staff and their system and I think that's something that Neil Olshay has to weigh I know fans don't want to hear that I think I think if Neil Olshay goes to the trade deadline and doesn't do anything I think people will be very upset. Oh, yeah. But there is a school of thought of, hey, the strength of this team is its continuity, is its familiarity mm-hmm. with everyone. Uh, and, you know, Dame kind of suggested that, hey, there's something to be said for that and playing to your strength and going against town. But, yeah, and I and, – and the thing is, it's like people – when we say that stuff – People always are like, wow, the team is just feeding them this stuff. They just they can't. It's like it, it, it's like Dave is, is saying it. It has been for the past however many years a competitive advantage for them uh, yeah. against all these teams that try. Like, I mean, look at New Orleans. Like, New Orleans, they beat the Blazers last year in the first round. But, like, that was their first time in the playoffs since 2016. And so they missed the playoffs the year before, and it's like because they're trying to reload and they hit, they miss. And so it has been a competitive advantage for this team. But how I think the I think where fans are getting hung up is the upside of that right. competitive advantage. Right. And I mean, I think I think the reports are that Portland, you know, that they're they're. I mean, we understand that there's pressure on the the front office. There really is pressure, and that might make them make a deal more than anything, as far as job security yeah. for for Olshay especially. Actually, I don't think Neil. You Neil, don't think Neil thinks like that? He's a big middle finger to the making a move just to make a move. I don't think he succumbs to. What Yahoo's like us are saying—that's true—and what guys in the in the seats are at the Rose Garden, Moda Center. Sorry, uh, I think he, a lot of people would be like, "Damn right, it's called the Rose Garden." Yeah, <laughs> but I, Neil isn't a guy who uh, subscribes to that or feels pressure to that. I really don't think he is. He is arrogant enough and confident enough to say, "I know what I'm doing." And again, I've said this before. I, I think he's very smart. I think yeah. he's very bright. Uh, so I don't think he will succumb to that pressure, even though I think he feels pressure to, mm-hmm. to advance. 
I don't think he'll make a move just to just to make a placate move. the fan base. Right. I, I I do think you know. Obviously, Portland has to give something up, but I do think that some of these some of the the names that get thrown out there, it seems like a lot of these teams want a pick first and foremost, and then the player after that maybe doesn't matter as much. And you know, if I think if, if the price was. For instance, Portland's offering Harkless because he's a cap filler and a first-round pick. I feel like there's a lot of teams that would probably jump at that just to get that first-round pick. Yeah. Because then you say, like, okay, here's this guy, whether it's Torian Prince or TJ Warren or whoever it is from Orlando or whatever. We got this – we had this guy that wasn't a part of our vision for the next – for the future. And we got – a first-round pick and a guy that comes off our books next summer yeah. for it. And that's, I feel like, to a lot of owners, a, a lot of GMs could sell that trade to an ownership group. And I think if there was a time for Portland to give up a first-round pick, you know, the, this is typically a franchise that really values right. draft picks because they feel like that's the way they can get elite talent because they can't get in free agency or haven't shown they mm-hmm. can get in free agency. If there was a time for this franchise to give up a first-round pick, it's now when there is pressure to get out of the first round. Right. Uh, you know, the the immediacy is in the now right now. Well, and this, and this is something that a lot of Blazer fans really actually get mad, get mad at Olshay about, too, is that, I mean, I like Simons as a prospect, but I think fans are sick and tired of hearing that the Blazers have the youngest roster in the league. Yeah. And when it's, you know, the core of the team is not that young. And... So I think on some level, you made it a long-term investment in Simons. You got a guy that was a one-and-done in Gary Trent Jr. So you have talent in the pipeline that can get better. And if you miss on that for one year, especially when you have a guy like Simons who's a baby, you know, in terms of age, I mean, yeah, I think that's another factor too is that Portland does have a lot of draft investments already that yeah. Nurk's 24 yeah. Collins yeah. is 20 21 yeah 21 yeah so so you have these guys so you have like four or five guys that are pretty young still that you can develop and you know if you know the worst case scenario presents itself and everybody leaves you know you give you give those guys the keys yeah but in order to get out of the first round I think they have to say that we have to think in the now for a change it's interesting. I, I think Portland is one of the more intriguing kind of case studies right now as you approach the trade deadline. I don't know if people really have a good feel about what they're going to do. No, and I and I think I think you know, and this is maybe we talked about this the other day. Anytime a deal happens with the Blazers, we never hear about it. Yeah. And Olshay, for all the you know the dodging of the local media that he does. That's an advantage. The fact, the fact that 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 right now nobody knows what Portland is actually doing. Everyone's just playing with the trade machine and trying to figure, trying to connect dots. And that is an advantage, I think, for for, for Portland. And well, it's the way business should be done. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think no. Neil. I, I don't blame him for not. Yeah. You know. Yeah, whispering squealing. to the local media yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and I think that that you know, in the deals he's made. That's usually how it goes. So uh, I, I, I'm very interested to see it. Uh, I think we're going to take one more break, and we'll come back with some more Locked On Blazers with Jason Quick. And we're back for 
our third segment on today's Locked on Blazers. And we have a couple things to talk about before we wrap this up. The all-star return, all-star voting returns came out today. Damian Lillard comes out sixth again. That's 50% of the fan voting. Dame was probably never going to be a starter anyway. He's probably going to have to get in as he normally does with the, the coach's vote at the, in the second part of the— He's a lock. Yeah, I mean, ha- he has to be. Yeah. One thing uh, in our conversation, Dame's and I's conversation today at practice, he said he feels like he's playing the best basketball of his career. And I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's the, playing the most complete— all around basketball yeah. uh, of his career for sure. And so there, I, I it's think, a lock. He's, and I, I, yeah, he's I, a lock. Yeah, I think he's in that place now where it's like he's in the All Star game. Like I saw, you know, and also, you know, the the guards in the in the West have it. Like I don't even think Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook's been great, but I think Dame has been better than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I think Dame has been better than mostly every guard in the West except for Steph and Harden, Harden probably. Yeah. So uh, I think he's a lock. So I don't think Blazers fans should worry about that. I think Nurk is probably on the outside looking in, but yeah. he's in the conversation. I think you give him you give him a hard look, but there's probably too many good big men uh, yeah. in the West. I mean, to, it's, it's tough. I mean, you got Jokic, Capella. Well, Lamar- Capella's hurt now, Lamar- right? LaMarcus. LaMarcus. Uh, Steven Adams. Carl yeah. um, Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, gosh, I mean, he's. Uh, you got Tobias Harris from the Clippers, who if you consider him a big. I yeah. mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, he. But he's. I mean, I think he's. He in, in the in the parlance of the All Star game, he's technically in the front court. I, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also too. Then you got to consider all the other guys like. Paul George and guys yeah. that qualify in that respect too. But, but good for Nurk for being in the conversation. Yeah. That's something that CJ can't say. I don't think CJ's in the conversation. No, as much uh, as the team Twitter account would like us to believe yeah. that CJ's in the conversation, he's not uh, in the conversation. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And that's something we talked. I think you talked about at the beginning of the season. And yeah. it was one of the things. One of the things you asked him was like, do you like getting to an all-star level and it's just not has not it developed. hasn't happened and i don't know what i don't know why it hasn't happened it just hasn't happened yeah. um and he's just having a really weird year and you know maybe maybe it turns out that at some point later on the season he goes on a tear and, and gets really hot and maybe that happens but that's not happening now so you can't really put him in the all-star conversation really the only thing he does is score but right now in the nba everybody scores yeah like literally everybody it's it's not special it's not that special i mean you got guys on i mean you got i mean kyle kuzma's averaging 19 points a game right like it's just not that hard anymore with how and also defense is just not as it's not as good um i think a cool thing though uh speaking of all-star game yeah for uh Blazer fans, I think Seth Curry should get uh, obviously. I mean, oh yeah, leading the NBA in three-point shooting, definitely. So I think if he and Steph uh, can go head-to-head in the three-point contest, I think that would be yeah, good, good I, theater. I think that's definitely the the, the possibility. And also, right. the other thing is like you know normally it would be like okay they're going to give it to the star first, but Dame has been there and done the three-point shootout and all that yeah. stuff, and it's in Curry's hometown. Yep. So. Uh, I think I think the Curry three point shootout. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to come. So that's a fun All Star Weekend thing yeah. to look out for. Um, injuries. 
We have some injuries to talk about. Uh, Caleb Swanigan is back from the G League. Huge news. Huge. With a knee injury, with, though. With a knee injury, unfortunately, for, uh, for, for they, they listed him as questionable with a right knee. So uh, questionable for tomorrow's game against New Orleans. Doesn't matter. He's not going to play. Yeah, he wasn't going to play anyways. And then uh, Mo Harkless yes. is uh, again questionable for the New Orleans game. Last night before the Cleveland game, he was also listed as questionable. He came out and worked out pregame and really got into a lather. It was really encouraging to see. And actually, if I was going to judge last night from pregame warm-ups, they had him and Dame both questionable. Judging from their workouts, I would have said Moe's going to play, Dame is not. Mm-hmm. But it was the other way around. Dame played and uh, Moe did not. So I think it's a, a step forward for Moe that he's been out on the court. I think this is the like second game of all the games that he's missed that he's kind of come out to the court and tried to test it out and mm-hmm. warm up. Uh, so I think he's made a step forward. The only bad thing is coming up they got another back-to-back with utah and oklahoma city after friday's game uh, yeah so that's probably a, a given that he's going to miss at least one of those yeah if he even comes back against new orleans but it looks like he's making some kind of progress yeah i wonder if they'll change their approach on the back-to-backs too like yeah. maybe sit him out the first one and then play him on the second right. one or that way that he has you know more time a full day to recover after and there's no right. travel like there's less travel i don't know you know, I'm not a sports scientist, but <laughs> but it's it's something to speculate about. But it's good that he's working out again, and it seems like it's not something that's going to require another procedure or anything. No, like right that. now, yeah, it's, yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah, who who knows? But it, it is right now. Tomorrow's game is going to be very uh, interesting. I think it's an ESPN game. No, nope, they moved it oh, for the it. Demarcus Cousins uh, oh, debut. Okay, so, so it's no longer an ESPN. No game. longer an ESPN. Game. Still seven thirty. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Great. Well, I can get there a little bit later. I will yeah. be there for that one. Uh, Going to be excited to see that. And then they head on to yeah, Utah and Oklahoma City. Similar a little bit to this past weekend's back-to-back. Yeah. So it'll be really – and also a thin, uh, going from a thin air altitude place in Utah – to another place that's not as much. I think it's really interesting to see if Portland either bounces back from that and gets a win. And, and well, Utah's and playing great ball right now. And Utah smoked Portland in the first Christmas, two meetings. On Christmas, yeah. They're on both oh, meetings. Yeah, oh, that's and true. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah, there was the worst home loss uh, since 2004 yeah. when they lost to Utah uh, right before Christmas. San Antonio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Utah they, one, the Utah yeah. one was, they lost by 30 at home. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Utah's had their number. So tiebreakers uh, at stake there. If Portland loses, they lose the tiebreaker. Which they had la- they had last year, and that's what got them into the Part third the division, seed, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So so uh, important stuff that Portland's kind of falling behind. So then that Oklahoma City game, too, they lost to OKC. Yep. So if OKC wins that game, they secure – they at least get a split. Yep. Uh, so – uh, couple big of stuff ahead. yeah, big, big stuff division ahead. games. So uh, keep it locked. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll do a podcast at some point after Friday's game, and uh, subscribe, leave us reviews, send us questions, whatever, uh, and, uh, and watch for the athletic. And we need video of you about how you drink coffee. Yes, he drinks coffee like Donald Trump drinks okay. from bottled water. I honestly okay. Here, but if I had it in a cup with like a lid, I would be. With one hand, I wouldn't do two hands, but I got this big, huge ceramic, huge, 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 huge ceramic <laughs> coffee cup, and 
I just don't want to spill. So, uh, anyway. It's uh, weird you have your Make America Great hat on today, too. <laughs> So weird. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll be back with you later. Thanks for listening. And until then.